The Kinky Boys Podcast. Exploring one kink at a time. Hello, welcome to the Kinky Boys Podcast. I'm Craig. And I'm Arzer. And today we have a special guest, our uh, Gunge aficionado called James. He... Pleasure to be here. Yes, pleasure to have you back on. Now, listeners should know this is the second time we've recorded this episode. Um, the first time technical difficulties meant the entire episode was lost. Even the magic avocado sacrifice didn't bring it back. If you don't know what that is, look it up. It's a thing for podcasters. Um, yeah. So it's good to finally have you back and us to talk about this again. Excellent. So yeah, um, before we begin, uh, I just want we actually have listener mail for once. First of all, we're glad to have listeners. (laughs) (laughs) Mail's even better. (laughs) Yes. So the first one, do you want to? Shall I? Do you want to bring up the email? Uh, let's see here. I think I have that recorded in our super secret bat channel. <laughs> let's see here. Or did you, uh, did you put that in our uh, other super secret place that's run by the uh, place that does your search engine? <laughs> oh, that place. No, no, that's another job I've got it doing. <laughs> okay. So let's see here. Uh, I do need to find that uh, letter. I did not have it queued up. So let's see here. It's not like me obviously been replaced by a pod <laughs> um so let's see here scrolling up i think you i think you pasted it all to me um in one message oh uh, i've got it so do you want me to read it yeah why don't you why don't you go do that and then we'll edit out a lot of the the hunting and pecking on my part sure okay so um we have one from steve um and he just wrote it Dear Kinky Boys Podcast, first off, I'd like to say thank you to Craig and Adam for being such awesome hosts, as well as Pablo Green for sponsoring the podcast. Your show has become my go-to podcast at the gym for the last few months, and I can't wait to hear more. I really hope to get the chance to make more in the future, and I promise to listen to every single episode you put out. Uh, I'm writing to you guys to talk about my mixed orientation marriage. I know it really isn't ground you cover, but you both seem very open about the unconventional, and that's what I love about your show, and hopefully you find this interesting. I'm a 28-year-old gay gay man from Canada who's happily married to a lovely woman who's bisexual for almost two years. Before I met my wife, I generally thought I was gay with only incidental interest in straight activities. My wife, on the other hand, has never really experienced same-sex relations, though. She had always been interested in women. We really bonded over our openness to e- of each other's irregularities and after about five years of dating decided to get married. We both thought for the longest time that because we were in a serious relationship we had to maintain traditional relationship, a traditional relationship, and for all intents and purposes be quote-unquote straight. She later admitted to having a romantic encounter at her bachelorette party with one of her bridesmaids which she thought would make a huge strain on the relationship. It didn't really bother me. In fact, I was really kind of happy for her and hoped she would explore the side of her more often. I kind of started to feel oppressed after getting married, though. 
I really felt the need to put on an axe that I was completely over men and it really made me feel like I had abandoned a huge part of who I was. About a week ago I talked to my wife and said something like this. <clears throat> you know I really do care for you and what I hope I'm about to tell you doesn't make you think that I care any less. Fact is I'm gay. I still love you in the way and I never loved any person before and I want you to know that. Whatever changes in our relationship, I want you to know I'm willing to be patient and go with what you feel comfortable with, and I only ask that you be open-minded about how I feel. She replied to me, perhaps in the most calm demeanour I've ever seen, certainly far more understanding than I expected. So do you want to leave me now? To which I replied, no, my feelings for you haven't changed. I just want to be open about the situation. She wasn't angry or even shocked, and I'm pretty sure she had to smirk the whole time. But eventually she responded something like, Steve, I know you're gay. I tell all my friends you're gay, and that's why I fell in love with you. Because you're different. Like, we can just sit down and watch RuPaul's Drag Race together. By the way, thank you guys for mentioning that the show all the time in your podcast. That's totally where I found out about it, and me and the wife loved the show. Anyway, we really discovered a lot about each other, and it's almost like we're getting to into a whole new relationship. I feel as though she had the same kind of pent-up regrets as I did, and maybe... We could get more comfortable each with each other's boundaries. This will all work out. The fact is, I know we're very lucky to have this kind of understanding for each other, and many would have destroyed their relationships or caused much undue hardships. The fact is, we don't have all this figured out, not by a long shot. And it may take years to figure all this out, but I'm happy that I'm married to someone who's willing to figure it out together. I know you guys are busy, so thank you. If you have the time to read this out, I really value your opinions on things, and I hope to see more of your show in the future. Stay awesome, you guys. Steve. So, yeah, well, thank is, you, Steve. Yes, that is our first um, listener mail. And, uh, you know, I think that that's a, a very sort of insightful uh, message as well. When I read it, uh, there was sort of this um, conflict, almost it seemed like, in there between... Either I have to be straight or I have to be gay or how do I sort of balance these two worlds? And the answer is, number one, you're not alone in that. Um, in fact, there is another podcast uh, out of Australia, The Woods, and they had on, I believe it was Mr. Vic Bear's, I want to say 2016, could have mm -hmm. been 2015. And he himself is a bisexual male in a marriage with a bisexual female. Uh, and you know, they have an open arrangement. They also have kids and they manage to juggle that all very well. So I guess the first thing I would say is you're, you're not the only one in that position. And there are a lot of, you know, different gradations between straight and gay. And I guess the other thing I would touch on is, um, <coughs> if you're not familiar with it, the Kinsey scale, mm -hmm. Dr. Kinsey was a very famous sex researcher. And what he did was he created this scale from one to six with one being completely heterosexual and six being completely, you know, homosexual. Mm -hmm. And that along that continuum is where most people fall in. They're in the middle somewhere, not, there aren't a lot of ones in the world and there aren't a lot of sixes, but there are definitely a hell of a lot of, you know, twos through fives. And chances are Steve, you fall somewhere in the middle of that scale and there's absolutely nothing wrong with that. It's completely natural. Just make sure you're honest with yourself and your wife, and it'll all sort itself out. Yeah, and I think it's interesting. We seem to be at a time, at least in my little algorithmic Twitter bubble, 
a lot of people are pushing for more visibility for bisexuality as its own thing. Because a lot of the time, if you're bisexual, you are defined by the current gender of your partner. So if you're in a relationship with a woman, you are automatically straight or vice versa. Or And if you're with a same-sex partner, you're automatically gay and you're not allowed to be, just be bisexual. Yeah, I've 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 heard that a lot from my bi friends as well, that they they feel like when they're with a woman, everyone is talking about, oh, you know, he's going to just leave you for a man. And when they're with a man, the one concern they always hear is, well, you're going to just leave me for some woman at some point. And that's complete BS. Yeah. Yeah. And and it is nice to see people just being open about the kinds of relationships they have. Like, even if you're not fully sexually compatible or, like, have sexual dimensions your partner can't fill for you, you know, there's always other options. Like, you know, you don't have to be this simple, monogamous, everything has to be done together sort of model. Nothing in this life is completely black or white. And I, I think that um, the real trouble in this life comes when we try to just stuff ourselves into one box and say, this is what I've got to be. You'll you'll know what feels right for you, and as I've always said, if you're not hurting anyone, go for it. And I would like us to tap, like go into an episode one time about the dynamics of mixed marriages. I know, um, oh, what is it? What's the safe word? There, that YouTube show recently touched on it, where being in a relationship with someone who's not kinky, which like my husband and I. He's much more vanilla than me. I'm very, very, very kinky. And, it, you know, we've worked out how to, you know, how our relationship works together. Yeah. And uh, by the way, if I've seemed a bit distracted, it's because I've actually been trying to research <clears throat> who it was who went on uh, the Woods podcast. Mm -hmm. It was Mr. Vic Bear's 2017, uh, uh, Mick. And uh, his wife, Claire, was also on the show. And they also brought their kids for one segment. So I would uh, I'd recommend that one to Steve. Uh, it's probably a good episode to listen to for him as well, because Mick went into a lot of detail about sort of how his relationship dynamics with his wife uh, work. Cool. Um, and we have one more, because apparently listener mail is like buses. Wait for ages, then two come along at once. Or policemen. Yes. <laughs> so let's see. Hi, Craig. Just wanted... Uh, this was direct to uh, my personal account, so it was directed to me. Hi, Craig. I just wanted to take a moment to thank you personally for your podcast. I'm getting started in this wonderful world of kink, and I think you showed some very good tips and warnings. It opened my eyes to a lot of things I didn't know about, too. I love listening to yours and Adam's voices, guys, sound so sexy. Anyway, I digress. I love how... You're a programmer too, and not too many people I have that in common with. Anyway, thank you again, and hope you have a fantastic day. Well, uh, <laughs> I I can't speak for Adam, but I'm sure he's very flattered. Yes, 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 he was. I um, forwarded them on to him. Uh, yeah. Um, also nice to know someone likes my little programming um tangents I was going to. <laughs> yeah well you know it's i think of it as spice it's it's yeah. it's color commentary i mean i kind of really like tangents on podcasts because it always goes to really unexpected places 
Yes, and it gets people talking too. It's always it's a it's a bit like writing. Once you get started, it gets easier as you go. Cool. So let's get on with the show topic. So James, why don't you tell us? I mean, if someone's not heard the term gunge play before, what is gunge play? Right. Um, it's got lots of names. Uh, so gunge play is one of them. The other one is kind of the wet and messy scene. So basically, it's any kind of scene where the people participating, rather than staying kind of clean and dry and everything, um, there's all kinds of substances. There's food play, people who like kind of get sexual kicks from playing with food. Um, Gunge itself is usually a commercial product called Natrosol, which is basically just multicolored food thickener. Um, this is, you know, some people just enjoy it as like rolling around in the mud. Um, so it's anything where there's kind of an element of mess. Oh, cool. Um, so I think the most iconic image is, I, now this is where the culture divide comes up. In England, it was a lot of, um, after school TV programming, a particular one called Get Your Own Back. Indeed. Yes. Um, there was also uh, a very long-running one on Saturday's Knoll's House Party, where there was a big element of that as well. Yep, and I think it, uh, I think in America it was like Nickelodeon Splat. Yeah, uh, Nickelo- Nickelodeon. Uh, well, the, oh, gone. I, I was going to say I know exactly the show you two mean. Uh, it's called You Can't Do That on Television. And every so often, if one of the uh, titular characters in there uh, said, I don't know, they would get a head full of green slime. <laughs> and it's still a big thing on the Nickelodeon Kids TV Awards. They slime the, the participants every year. Um, and it's coming back on British TV as well. It started up on Saturday mornings again. So, oh, yeah, it's, it's, yeah. It's, it's, it's coming back big time. <laughs> so... so uh what is the appeal so like can you talk us through what for you at least because i know it you know fetishes differ from person to person but what for you is the appeal what's the turn on um i mean first off for me is it's a huge range of things um it i mean i know there's been a, a lot of talk recently about things like pup play where there's been the kind of um social not sexual kind of thing so there is a massive oh. range. Yeah, no, I know. We can get I know. into that. Yeah, we won't. We, we um, have gotten into that. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> there's, a, there's a huge, huge range of interest in it. Um, for me, I kind of like the fun aspect of it. Uh, it's incredibly silly at times. Uh, um, I've started working recently for one of the video producers called Splat. Mm-hmm. And basically... It's almost like, um, you know, it, it, well, it is mostly just kind of like a quiz show thing where, the, you know, forfeits and everything result in, mm-hmm. you know, wrong answers result in forfeits, custard pies, shaving foam pies, gunge, all kinds of things. Um, and for me, because I've, I've been experiencing it both sides of the camera now, um, on the receiving end, it's, I find it really comforting and warm. Um, except when it's being chilled, which I absolutely hate. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, but again, there are some people who think that's uh, half the enjoyment of it. 
but it's it's usually if it's freshly made up stuff um, and it is the proper natural it's normally a very warm sensation um, it if you're if you're covered in it then believe me you're covered in it and it's this gl- gorgeous warming feeling um, other end of the scale there's a lot of people who get a lot of sexual kicks out of it uh, so it's not unusual to see videos from other companies or other individuals where the participants basically are just you know getting their end away in the gunge or whatever with no kind of quiz element or whatever um, and for me as well there's a big um, cross fetish thing because a lot of the time the gunge players mix in with things like sports kit or lycra um, and I'm I'm kind of very fond of those as well. So it's just say the gun side of it is just huge fun. I mean, it is it's um, a great laugh. It's great fun. Feels great, and it get gets mixed in with the sports kit, which is maybe a little bit more of the kind of the visually appealing side. And I've seen a lot of people basically use like natrosol in place of lube for wrestling. Yeah, it is basically <laughs> slime pit wrestling. Basically, it's it, it's um. It's it's weird because it's, it's becoming um, a much larger thing. Uh, you go back a year or two, there weren't really many events for it, but there's actually now. Um, I don't know if it's going to be released, but in a week's time in London, there's actually uh, one of the, the the fetish clubs is doing a guns wrestling event. It's the second one they've done, and there's more and more production companies starting up with it as well. So. Yeah, it's you know, it there's there's a, so many ways that it can be worked into fetishes. Wow, and it's <clears throat> and I was going to say because there is a large visual element because it is definitely like, clearly you have these big bright colours <laughs> and you know it's all very they, neons they, and green. They they. And, from experience, they start off at the start of the shoot really bright and vivid neon, and then by the end of about a three or four hour shoot, it's cold, it's <laughs> slimy, and it's usually a really vile shade of brown kind of thing. Because, oh, it's like Play-Doh when you mix yeah, it in a can. There you basically, go. Basically, it's liquid Play-Doh. That's a great way of describing it. <laughs> Don't let my nephew and niece hear that's a thing. No. Uh, <laughs> but, I mean, it seems like this really fun thing. It's oh, it not is. Like, I mean, often in fetishes, it's often tied in with like dominance and submission, and it is very serious and dark and blacks and oh. reds and... No, 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 no. This is this this. Um, I mean, we we recorded one uh, a couple of weeks back now with a guy called Gabriel, and the, he had never been tanked before, never been guns before, and we did uh, the intruder. Just, just for our listeners, what is tanking? If they it's don't basically, know? oh, sorry, yeah. Um, basically, kind of again, there's huge range of ways that the guns can be played with. Some people do it in paddling pools. Um, there is a, a kind of a more technical, more kind of um, complicated one. Basically, it's a gunge tank. They sit underneath a huge vat of gunge, and at some point, it gets emptied onto them. <laughs> and say so Gabriel had never been in a gunge tank before, and we were we were interviewing him and chatting to him. He was kind of looking up constantly, and we didn't tell him that it was real neon pink. And once we'd kind of filmed the segment. 
off camera you said oh this is fantastic color <laughs> and it was just like <laughs> yeah that's why we chose it i mean it is yeah and it, i mean it's even the case of when we're using the gunge tank you can kind of layer different colors so what you can have is you can have a, a blue layer then a green layer then another and when it comes out you just get this kind of constantly changing stream of color oh wow that sounds amazing yeah. um it, it, I mean, it takes a while to do because you've got to lift the gun yeah. up and you've got to fill the tank. Um, but if you really, if you if you get the the mix right, you can almost basically get an entire rainbow coming out and coating the person. Wow, that's incredible! So Natrosol was made as a food product. Yes, it's a food thickener. Um, normally, it's colourless, and there's a lot of different ways you can then add colour to it. Uh, you can buy it pre-coloured. Some people use um, water-based poster paints. Others people will use food coloring. But it's the the, the key ingredient. The natural is just um, is just a food thickener. Cool. Is it like cornstarch base? Yeah, or? basically, it, it's you know, it it is that kind of substance. Um, because I've had a friend who's currently living in Germany, and he can't get hold of the stuff in the country. Ooh. Um, yeah. I mean that. It, I, I mean, there's a lot of online places that will stock it. Yeah. So whether or not he could get it delivered across uh, across the sea? Well, no, he, that's the trouble. He basically ah. has to get it when he visits the UK, and then take it back with yeah. him. Yeah. I was just wondering if you knew anything about that. Cause... Um, trouble is, I I mean, I know the English scene very well. Um, do you think Germany? Yes. Yes. I mean, God, Germany is such a kinky country. I can't believe that there isn't a supplier <laughs> out there. <laughs> But they They're a kinky tend... country, but they have limits. Well, I think it's more <laughs> just, um, what was I going to say? Yeah, more regulations on imports and foodstuffs. Yeah, so. I can see that. I mean, the, the great thing, though, with the gunge play, going back to one of the earlier questions, is that, you know, it, the, the proper name for it is wet and messy. So an awful lot of people will just use, as you say, cornstarch. They'll use custard. They'll use other foodstuffs. Um, it's not limited to just natrosol. It's an incredibly varied scene with an awful lot of permutations, a lot of ways you can do it very simply. Um, I mean, you know, we use the natrosol at Splat, but we also, I mean, on a, on a big shoot, we will have, you know, huge stacks of cartons of custard around. Mm -hmm. we, will have, we will have cans of shaving foam around. Um, we'll have all kinds of other stuff, which we then kind of bring into the, the game show element. So there is a big crossover with um, food play. Then. Oh, definitely. Um, we did a survey a short time ago, just trying to, you know, to, to, to plan some shows for next year. And there was a big response in it where people said they wanted us to use foodstuffs more often. So it's the only problem with foodstuffs, apart from the expense, is you do have to kind of be a bit more careful about things like food allergies when you're working with, yeah. with models. Um, of course, if you're doing it solo, then hopefully you know your own allergies. Um, the other problem with food is it's a bit harder to clean up sometimes. Yeah, you can clog drains very easily yeah. if you use that in a tub, for example. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I mean, Natrosol, seriously, I mean, at the end of a shoot, it just goes down the loo. Um, we just empty the buckets down there, flush, and keep doing it till it's gone. And that doesn't cause any problems. But I think kind of if you start to get into the thicker foodstuffs, porridge is a big one, strangely. That can be a bit more of an issue. Um, so, yeah, you just got to be a bit more careful disposing of the food. 
And I would imagine also there's food safety issues related to temperature and handling and so on. Again, I mean, it depends if you're doing it as a professional shoot or if you're doing it as just as solo fun. With the with the kind of the shoots we've been doing, um, there's no real kind of safety issues. I mean, the, we just go to the store, buy the products. Um, and I mean, the custard, if we're in a good mood, we leave it by the radiator so it's warm. Um, if I'm if I'm in charge of the shoot, then we leave it in a bucket of iced water, and the model gets one hell of a surprise. Um, but basically, kind of, uh, I mean, yeah, it, it's it's common sense really, rather than any kind of food regulations. As long as you don't kind of pour boiling custard over someone, then it's going to be absolutely fine. Well, or or go with cold mayonnaise and allow it to sit at room temperature for a, oh, a long yeah. time. Let's say, but that yeah. comes under, that comes under the common sense stuff. Um, to, I to think... quote to quote an American author, "Common sense is very uncommon." <laughs> yeah. Um, the other thing you have to be careful with um, some of the f- natural soil is great because it doesn't smell, whereas certain foodstuffs, if you play with them and you've then got to go on public transport, you're going to get some very strange looks as to kind of what hell is he smelling of because <laughs> i've talked to a guy i know play partner who's very much into like western messy and gunge play but he will not play with food yeah it is it is quite a common one yeah it's only natural and for him part of it is it's also just like he kind of likes the industrial look of it yeah Indu- oh i mean there there is a, a huge I mean, when we did the survey um the one thing that came out of it was you cannot please everyone on the scene. Some people were insistent that we had to do more food stuff. Some people said they only wanted natrosol. Some people were kind of saying, oh, yeah, we only want pies made of certain things. So everyone's got their own kind of take on what they like and what they don't like. Yeah, I mean, that goes for everyone. Even people with the same fetish will like it yeah. for different reasons. Oh, Absolutely. I say there's a lot of people who get a lot of sexual pleasure out of it. Others, it is just pure fun and silliness. Yeah. So I guess going forward, we've talked about a little bit of the the precautionary handling mm. of stuff, you know, the temperatures and so on. This might be getting a little bit ahead of ourselves, but it seems logical to ask, what about other safety tips? Like right. I can imagine keeping breathing passages clear is going to be important. <laughs> um, that's actually one of the least important concerns because you tend to find, unless you're physically being held underneath Gunge, it drips down you and the design of the face is such that, you know, it actually doesn't block passages. Um, the main one you've really got to watch out for is um, making sure you've got good grip on the surface you're standing or sitting on. So a lot of people will do solo stuff in bathrooms and things like that. And yeah, natural soil custard, anything like that, as soon as it gets onto the, the surface of the bath, it's really slippery. So, I mean, what we've done for the filming um, because of course the models have to, to clean off after every segment that we do. We now actually have rubber mats down in the bath, so they've got good grip. Um, there's a rubber mat in the tank so that when they stand up, they've got something to stand on, they can move around on. Um, so at home, yeah, maybe not rubber mats, but certainly a good tip is line the bath with a towel or something like that, just so that you're not standing directly on a really slippery surface. And I would imagine for people who are are combining fetishes and are, f- 
for example, wearing a rubber cat suit while doing this. Yeah. That's that's even lower friction. So I'd imagine a greater slip and fall risk if you're oh, in gear. Oh, so. ab absolutely. Um, there's Hello. there's a big there's a big thing with the the videos that are produced. A lot of people are very insistent that the models and everything are barefoot. Right. But yeah, if um, if you're doing it home, if you're doing it in gear or whatever, then yeah, definitely it's the the slipperiness that is the big safety problem. Although I will say, most rubber fetishes, they're already very aware of slipperiness problems. Yeah. Like, have you been in the bathroom after someone's vivashined or... Um, J-Lube. J-Lube. Yeah. Or just <laughs> any sort of rubber shining leaves the place a death trap. So. Yeah. <laughs> but I think, if, I think for people who are trying it solo for the first time, a towel on the base of the bath. I mean, because all, because I mean, natural sun, everything just washes out straight away. So there's no issues with that. Well, that's that's good to know. In fact, actually, this may be one of the safest fetishes so far. That we've discussed. <laughs> Although I'm going to go back to my old um, primary school uh, safety lessons. Remember, all it takes is three inches of liquid to drown. Oh, you're, <laughs> yeah. you're saying this to a person who's sitting in front of a 36 gallon aquarium. So, yeah. Yes. You're saying this to someone who sat under who sat underneath 40 liters of it the other week <laughs> and at one point has been held under 400 liters of it. So <laughs> I know. But go big or go home, I guess. Yeah. It's just always stuck with me that um, oh, safety, yeah. like safety video we used to have to watch. Yeah. <sighs> so for you, what what? What do you like to do? I mean, do you like to be naked or in gear or? Oh, um, I've got. If I'm if I'm on the receiving end, I'm say I kind of like the lycra side of things as well. Um, I will happily do it in anything though, and uh, I have done it in most things. So I think it's one of these things that, depending upon who I'm with and what mood I'm in, will very much determine what outfits and everything. Um. Again, big thing is kind of uh, a lot of people don't actually like nudity with it. Um, and a lot of people kind of like, they like the videos where they start in Lycra, get guns and everything in Lycra, and then gradually come out of it. Hmm. So, yeah, there's, a, there's let's say there's a, there's, a there's a real huge spectrum of what people actually want from these videos and what they like to see and do themselves. So, um, and, you know, I think kind of the best word to describe me on that front is versatile. Um, I, I, I like all kinds of things uh, and I'm happy doing it kind of if I'm with someone then it's just like, yeah, whatever they want, I'll go with. Mm -hmm. I mean, I remember one of the things I found out I like to do, thanks to you, is um, if they're in some sort of like front zipping <laughs> outfit, just like get squirty cream or something like that, yep. unzip, Tip it all down, rummage around, have a good grope, and then once it's all side soaking in, just zip them back up and they have back to walk up. around. Yeah. There. That was fun. That was great fun, I freely admit. I love that. Um, <laughs> it's, uh, again, depending upon what we're filming, um, we kind of we, we have a, a surf suit that we put the models in quite often, and there's a lot of people who kind of say, yeah make sure that some of it goes inside the suit rather than just on the outside so again that's a that's a it's a great fun thing to do um 
and a lot of the models kind of will play up to it and will uh, will quite, quite quite happily if they're in a singlet they'll hold the front of the singlet open and try and catch it in there as well. Yeah, the, the <laughs> things I learn every day about the the things that go on on porn shoots. Well, say so, um, the the splat ones that I'm involved with, they're not really pornographic. Um, it's a very basically when we're filming it, we try and keep it as PG as possible um, because it is supposed to just be a real fun. <laughs> silly quiz kind of thing and by doing that we actually the the models really feel relaxed and they get far more into it than if they feel pressured into some kind of nudity or sexual element um and i think that's why splat's been going so long because we keep it fun is gunge then typically in your experience uh the type of a fetish where the object is really more to just get into the the various substances you know food-based, non-food-based, whatever, and that actually getting to orgasm is secondary in that? Definitely. Um, I, I, I think that's very much the case. Um, it's, it's definitely that kind of the, the, more t the more time you spend kind of enjoying the, the situation, whatever the better, really. Um, and there's very, very few people I know who kind of want to get straight to the sex kind of aspect. So it's very much into the into the actual fetish side of things rather than the fetish being a minor start and then into regular stuff. Cool. And I've mean, gone into it's often a very fun thing. Mm. Do people use it in a subdom context in like a sort of power exchange sort of play? Or? Oh, definitely. Um, it's, it's one of the most versatile fetishes. Mm -hmm. um, and I mean, it's, again, you know, um, I know of guys who kind of very much get turned on by the, the having kind of like a, a dom threatening with them or kind of, you know, saying, yeah, beg or I gunge you kind of thing or beg or kind of worship or you get you get punished. So there's there's very much a, a subgroup of it where it is a sub dom kind of interrelationship thing. Nice. And. One thing I will bring up is I've seen a lot of the fetish shops and like online stores pushing slube. Yes. Which is, I believe, a very thick, viscous kind of lube. Yeah. How would you rate that against like Natrosol? Expensive. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I mean, bearing in mind that, say, when we when we film, um, I think on an average shoot for a show that lasts about an hour we usually get through about eight to 10 full buckets. So for the, you know, the, the slube is great and certainly for kind of big professional things, fine. But um, I, I, I will always stick to the natural but just because it's so much easier and quicker to, to work with. <laughs> um, it's again, different people like different thicknesses of guns, different people like different, um styles of guns you can get some really stringy stuff that kind of it, it's almost like um it, you know you lift it off and it comes away in long strings and everything mm -hmm. some people really like that look so in terms of kind of what substance and how things compare it's always going to be down to the individual and say so, i mean i'm i i do love the natural because i just think the feel of it and the look of it and everything is is the best so now you're sort of involved in the gunge community, not just communal, but you're also like producing content for it. 
where would you say it's sort of heading towards? What What's going on in the um, Dutch community right now? So I think the first thing to say is that it is actually a proper community. Um, there's an awful lot of friendliness in it. Um, I've yet to, to encounter anyone on Twitter or anything where there's kind of been any nastiness. And I think it is something that's building up quite a lot at the moment. And with the resurgence of it on television, Saturday morning shows, things like that, um, I think probably we're looking at something that's going to develop and become a lot more prevalent. Um, I said, you know, the fetish clubs are doing Gunge Nights. There's this one coming up in December. Um, and I mean, just you know, comparing it to other scenes, I, I wouldn't be surprised if kind of a few years down the line, same as you've now got, you know, things like Mr. Pup UK or whatever, I, I can I can see that it will kind of become a, a much more kind of public thing. And it wouldn't surprise me if, you know, you don't get things like, you know, Mr. Guns UK coming up. Um, I'm going to pre-book tickets to that show. <laughs> <laughs> well, well, it may be something for you to um, organise and plan in the future. <laughs> Ah, it's, it's, I mean, I, 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 I would be very interested to see kind of how that event would go down because one of the other things I really love about the community is that it's very accepting of every body type and every kind of type of person. Um, I have never seen any negative body comments on the guns community. I mean, I know I, I interact only with certain aspects of it. But you know, there's no no kind of oh, you have to look a certain way, you have to be a certain way, we have to wear certain things. It really is very very friendly, um, and I know people of all ages, all sizes, all shapes, all orientations, everything. Yeah, you know, it is uh, a very welcoming thing, and yeah the more it becomes kind of public and comes back into the public eye, I think it will, I, I, I think it would actually be, you know, a great one to act, to kind of say to the gay world. Yeah, this is what you should model it on. You know, <laughs> we're a really friendly, yeah. really open group. Um, we, we, we don't insist on a certain look, a certain body type or anything. The rest of you need to catch up with us. No, that is great to hear because I mean that is so rare these days. Yeah, yeah. Ev everyone seems to feel like there's a certain degree of uh, elitism in just about any community yeah. you can name. What I will say, I will give one warning. A lot of what you just said there about it being friendly and you know no drama. Mm. The puppies were saying that three years ago. Years ago, yeah. Um, yeah. And this is also <laughs> why I'm thinking if it if it does take off, it's just like. I can see what's going to happen. Um, I do think that kind of there is a lot of parallels between the two scenes. Um, and I know an awful lot of pups are very into the gun scene. So they're going to bring a lot of it in there as well. Um, I, mean, I, think I know. Go on. I was just going to say, I think it's just basic sociology. A smaller yeah. group, it's easier to remain cohesive and keep a good atmosphere. The larger the group gets, the harder that becomes. Indeed. Um, and I, I do know that without naming anything, there's a little behind the scenes rivalry between a few of the guns producers, mm. but, uh, we'll leave that for them to discuss. <laughs> <laughs> we won't bring any of that into this. 
but it's say it is a you know the the online community at the moment is a really friendly very welcoming place um and since i've become a fish you know because I've, I've been a fan of splat for like four years five years and since i've become kind of slightly more officially involved with them i was worried oh there's going to be jealousy there's going to be kind of bitchy comments or whatever and there hasn't been a single one i've had nothing but kind of yay you know we've got a fan involved in the productions and it's just like yeah you're doing so well it's like it's, it's been really good oh that's been brilliant um, yeah. So, if we could talk about you for a moment, one thing I always sure. like to know is when did um, it first occur to you that you had this fetish, and uh, sort of like, how did it come about? Um, I, the trouble is, when I was a lot younger, I was very naive about all kinds of things. I don't even think I knew the word fetish existed. Um. I think the kind of the the jumping on point for me was a chance encounter when I was uh, at um, at a university, and I, because I don't drive, I had and this university was in the middle of nowhere. I kind of I was at one of the the LGB events, mm-hmm. um, and I suddenly thought, Christ, you know, if I and unless I can get my dad to come and pick me up, I'm never going to get home. And I just said, look, is anyone here who would happy me crashing on their sofa overnight? Because I just wanted to hang around. And um, the president of the LGBT society, yes, said, sure, just, you know, come and crash at mine. Um, And went back to his and, you know, we started fooling around and everything. And we were both a little bit tipsy. And and that's how it started. I mean, he he was big into it. Um, And basically we kind of we were getting a bit hungry and we were started kind of looking through cookbooks and stuff because, you know, we were a bit kind of fed up of how little there was in the house. And it just got into the, the, the subject of, you know, God, you know, how, how about if I mash that cake into your face kind of thing? <laughs> and um, takes a lot of confidence knowing someone to suggest that. A lot of confidence or a lot of alcohol. Um, <laughs> I'm not going to say which was more, um, but it it ended us ended up with us um, improvising quantities of homemade gunge and having quite a good night, um, which did then lead to quite a long cleanup operation the next day. But <laughs> <laughs> no pain, no gain. No pain, no gain. Yeah. Um, so he was, he was the first one who actually kind of opened my eyes to the fact there was a scene and everything. Um, and then, I mean, I still speak to him online, still text him and everything, very fond of him. And really, uh, kind of when we split, um, I kind of, because we, again, we, I go back quite a way. We're talking about days before social media was particularly prevalent I kind of I thought oh it was it was just him you know it was just his particular yeah. thing, and then when when I finally jumped on the onto Twitter however many years ago it was, um, the you know just finding it oh there's there's other people who like this stuff, um, and yeah kind of just following certain accounts started buying videos and it was just like yeah actually okay this is obviously not just me it's not just my ex. Um, did a few solo videos which went down really well and it just kind of um went from there 
The rest was history. <laughs> the rest is ongoing. It's not history. <laughs> uh, so, I mean, before that, did you ever have any... I mean, obviously you said you didn't know about it and didn't know it was a thing, but did you ever, like, see visuals of it and just have feelings you couldn't explain? Was it always there or was it this event that really gave you the fetish? I am really going to regret using the following words in one sentence, but Noel's house party. And <laughs> <laughs> I, can't, I can't even bring myself to say it. Um, I did. In, I loved watching it on TV. It was just like, yeah, I really want to do that. Um, so I'm really lucky in that kind of right through my childhood into my early adulthood, it was on TV all of the time. And I just, yeah, I, I think really I should have realized what was going on, but yeah <laughs> yeah you don't as a kid because you don't no. have the internal language to describe it no and as i said you know it's a very conflicting thing when you're watching noel's house party with mr blobby and suddenly <laughs> finding that you're crossing your legs for no good reason <laughs> oh, or God. for a very good reason depending for... on your point of view yeah um so i think kind of it was always in the back of my mind that it looked a really fun thing to do and I think that's why, for me, it's very much the fun side of things that I like. Um, as I say, I mean, I, I always thought that I was just, I just like being on the receiving end. But now that I've uh, got the opportunity to dish it out occasionally, I've realised that's the, that's fun as well. I find a lot of people do that with, I mean, not just with guns, but with a lot of fetishes, it's... You think purely in the terms of, you know, it being done to you and how that, yeah. you on and then you find this whole other side to explore when you realize you can do it to other people and enjoy it <laughs> yeah um i've uh, i've been say I've, I've, I've done a few things where i've been kind of either behind the camera or i've been on the the gunge blasters or whatever <laughs> and the number of people who comment this is like you really look like you're enjoying that it's like <laughs> yes i am <laughs> um it, I mean, it's just such a silly atmosphere, though. I mean, say, filmed one uh, a month or so back, and basically um, I had someone stripping stripping their clothes off in the tank in front of me whilst I was desperately trying to put them off using buckets of guns, shaving foam and everything. And at the end of it, we were just both in fits of laughter. Um, and this, this person just said, yeah, he had never done it before, he didn't see the sexual allure of it, but damn, he wanted to come back and do that again and just have a fun day. Don't overanalyze it, just go with no, it. No, just yeah. go with it, yeah. And yeah. I think that really is the best thing to state. It's just, you know, doesn't don't try and work out why you like it. Just if you like it, go with it mm-hmm. and and have some fun. Yeah, I think that's brilliant advice. It's- I don't think that's just for the gun scene. I think that's for every scene. Cool. Yeah. Yeah, um, so I think that's pretty comprehensively covered a lot of <laughs> what we was going to talk about. <laughs> uh, uh, also, to circle back to an earlier topic, I have found the exact composition of Nickelodeon slime. For those <laughs> listening along at home, it is vanilla pudding, green food coloring, and applesauce. So there you go. Applesauce? Oh! Ooh. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> and and this, is the, this is the part that's really going to blow your mind. The recipe for Nickelodeon... Nickelodeon slime was in Food and Wine magazine as of August of 2017. <laughs> so uh, that had to be a very slow news day, or someone was trying to send a message through their article. <laughs> oh boy! 
Oh, I can compose myself now. <laughs> You're going to be trying that next shoot, aren't you? Oh, absolutely. <laughs> That's, I, I didn't share the information for nothing. No. <laughs> uh, so if so, say someone's listening to this and it's realised, oh my god, this is a thing. I am into this thing. Where do they go? Right. Um, if if you're really into the fun side of things, then. I mean, I'm not just saying it because I now kind of do stuff with them, but the splat shows have been going for 15, 16 years or so. It's mm. they are the best ones, and they are they are the fun ones. Um, there's a website. All... Porn sites are available. Oh yeah, no, no yeah. Do the BBC so, so, thing. Yeah. Um, so if you if, if, if you want the more sexualized side of things, then there's a site called UMD. Mm-hmm. Um, but really. The other thing is log into Twitter and just put Gunge into the search box and you will find so many profiles with it in their name or pictures or whatever. And within minutes, you'll be able to find 20, 30, 40 people that you can follow um, who will happily chat to you, share experiences, share ideas, share pictures, share everything. So, James, if they want to get in contact with you personally, what is your your Twitter? FitGeek underscore UK. Cool. And yes, I can confirm he is. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, and I, you know, I am happy to chat to anyone about anything, as you will testify. Cool. So this has been amazing. It's always nice to talk to you um, about this because you bring such passion, <laughs> and you clearly just so openly enjoy it it's fantastic oh it's such fun it really is um i I can't recommend it enough cool so thank you Um, thank you very much indeed uh yes as usual if our listeners wish to contact us all our contact details are will be in the show notes i am at craig the mouse on twitter and i am bootback cub at um kinky.business on mastodon and I'm at sign Arzer on kinky.business. And I can also be found on uh, Telegram at sign Artair Giel. That's A-R-T-A-I-R-G-E-A-L. Cool. Um, and yes, thank you for listening and happy gunging.